It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email back to the book broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Once again, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to Back to the Book. Please take your Bibles once again and turn back to Jonah chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse 1. The Bible says this, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, and proclaimed a fast, and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid his robe from, from him, and covered him in sackcloth, and sat in ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in, his hand, in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent? And, and will turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. So far this week we've looked at the revelation of God's truth to the people of Nineveh. He took Jonah, gave Jonah a message of warning. on a mission of mercy to these people. He was warning them to give them space to repent. We've compared that to the gospel. It's the same thing, a message of warning, giving us space to repent. We looked at not only the revelation of truth, but we looked at the recognition of truth. All these people had to go on was that this was supposed to be a man of God. But he was preaching the word of God and he had the touch of God. And even though the truth was hard, it was evident enough that this was a message from God. And what did they do? They believed God. They didn't question it. They took God's word seriously and they acted on it. We've looked at the revelation of truth, the recognition of truth, and now we're looking at the realization of judgment, their conviction, we could say. When they believed God, that belief brought about conviction in their life, and I barely was able to touch on it, and I wish, like crazy, I knew how to better say this every time I've ever tried to, to touch on the holiness of God. I feel like I, I, I'm not even touching a needle in a haystack. I, 
I'm so insufficient, so unworthy to be able to even preach this. But God, He's a thrice holy God, perfect righteousness, absolute purity. The best way, I know how to say it, is really in comparison with our sin. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I'll try to deal with two. I'm going to have to deal with two of these at once to really feel like I'm doing it justice. I mentioned yesterday, every time in the Word of God you see a man come before the presence of God, almost every time they fall flat on their face. There's instant fear, maybe I can put, when they realize just how perfect and pure and holy they are and were very fallible, very wicked human beings. The fact that we can even approach God in prayer amazes me because of His holiness. When they saw the holiness of God, I think at the same time they saw the awfulness of their sin before God. The Bible says our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. If the good things we think we're doing are filthy rags to God, just think about how awful our sin is. God gave us His Word. Romans chapter 7 verse 13 tells us about the law, saying that the law was given, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding Sinful. God hates sin. He always has. He always will hate sin with a perfect hatred. And when God and sin come to a head, it's not pretty. They realized that reckoning was coming. Their judgment was coming. The Bible says, Be sure your sin will Find you out. Their sin had found them out. God had said in chapter 1 that their wickedness had come up before Him. They had sinned and lived wickedly for years and years and years and years and thought they were getting by with it. But no, judgment day was coming. Reckoning was coming. Forty days and they were going to be destroyed. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. You cannot sow sin without reaping the wages of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. And I believe the conviction, the realization of judgment was all three of these mingled together at once. You've got a thrice holy God coming in wrath and judgment and vengeance against the awfulness of their sin. One of the examples, the clearest example that I know to give 
on what it looks like, and I've said it before on, on this radio station, what it looks like when the holiness of God and the sin of man meet is found in Isaiah chapter 52 and 53 where Jesus Christ, when He died on the cross, God's wrath was poured out on Him against sin. The torture that Christ went through on account of our sin. When they got through with Him, when God's wrath was finished being poured out on our sin, on the body of Jesus Christ, He was no longer recognizable as Jesus Christ and no longer recognizable as a human being. That's hard for our small, finite minds to wrap our head around the gruesomeness, the wickedness, the awfulness of our sin before a thrice holy God. But that is the only way that I know how to describe it. Dear sinner, your sin is so wicked and filthy and vile in the sight of God. And God hates your sin so much that when our sin was put to Christ's account, Christ being the Son of God who God loved as His Son, yet destroyed His body, poured out His wrath, an eternity of wrath on the body of Jesus Christ. Take the most eloquent man in the world and there is no way he'd be able to describe the horrors of what went on on the cross that day. The horrors of the judgment poured out on God. The Son. God, the judgment God poured out on His Son. We cannot fathom it. But I tell you, there is a second instance that I'm thinking of now where we just have a glimpse of what will happen when our sin meets God. It was found there on the cross. But if you don't accept Christ and you have to stand before God in your sin, you'll face it in two places. Hell and the lake of fire. My friend, I don't know your state before God. That's between you and God. But I am here to tell you. God's given me a message to preach. A warning to give you. That if you do not turn and repent of your sin. If you don't turn from your sin to God. If you don't accept Jesus Christ. Your sin you will face the wrath of God. And God's wrath and judgment on your sin against Him 
will be poured out for eternity in hell and in the lake of fire. My friend, you do not want to stand before God in that day. You do not want to suffer the vengeance of eternal fire that He will pour out in His wrath and judgment on your sin. You will receive that bodily. You will be able to feel that. You will be separated from God for eternity. You will be tormented in the flame, just like the rich men out of hell cried, saying, Father Abraham, send Lazarus that he may dip the finger, his finger in water and, and, and that he may basically, I'm sorry I'm misquoting it, but that he may drip it on my tongue, that, that, that it may cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. The Bible speaks of hell in, with such power that literally if it was your hand that were to be what's keeping you from not going there. or I'm sorry. for If it was your hand that was going to take you to hell, the Bible says you'd be better off to cut it off. If it was a leg or an eye, you'd be better off to cut it off or pluck out the eye and enter into life maimed that way than to go into hell with it all. I wish... I could show you how awful it is, but my vocabulary is limited. But I pray that the Holy Spirit of God, while you're listening right now, would be dealing with your heart and showing you your need of a Savior. And if you're out there playing games with God, listen, God's given you an ultimatum. Do not reject the truth that God has given. If you have to face God, in your sins, you'll be judged and there will be no getting out of it. You don't know how much time you have left. These people only had 40 days. You may have more, you may have less. The truth is you don't know. How will you stand before God? Are you ready to stand before God? You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwallen.org.